Hello, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm the other the other half. Hello, other half. I'm Andrew. Hi. That's my name. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Uh, it's fine. Yeah? You sound so happy. It's hot outside. Is it? Kinda. It felt really good this morning. I haven't been outside since. It's, it's hot outside, and I think it's going to be hot for a little bit, but I think... It's supposed to be nice also, later on this week. Yeah. It's going to be like soup weather. Soup weather? You know where it's like, you don't want to eat soup when it's like 105 degrees outside. You want to know a secret? Tell me. I want to eat soup whenever. Oh, okay. Guess what? What? I ate soup today. <laughs> I had chicken noodle soup. This is partially a lazy Ooh. thing. It was me looking through the cabinet and going like, what do I have so I don't have to go outside because I don't have any food. Yeah. Why not a sandwich? That's more substantial. I don't know if I have any bread or substantial meat or the oh. cheese. or I like to make my sandwiches real good. Okay. I like to have... Uh, ideally sourdough bread not always available Ooh, you know what else is good yes the potato bread uh maybe i've never done that it's, it's good i've had i've had both but i like to make my sandwiches sort of like you're making a grilled cheese uh-huh where you toast it on the a skillet or uh-huh. whatever with butter with butter ideally you can yeah. also use olive oil you can okay, also yeah. use mayonnaise yes not fat-free mayonnaise no the fat is what you need to burn it. yes i learned that the hard way one time yes and when i was like i'm gonna be healthy <laughs> idiot it, it don't do not, that it was not good Did, uh, it didn't work it just what, didn't do anything here's what i tried to do i tried to i was like i'm gonna make a grilled cheese and i'm gonna toast it with nothing because i was like i don't want any kind of oils or fat to me <laughs> my room just went off and i was like i don't want any kind of oils or fats or anything um so i just tried to do it with nothing and can you guess how that went I'm guessing bad. Nothing it, happened, it went, basically. No, it happened. It burned. Oh, okay. It, it Even went, better. I was like, what does that smell? And I came in the kitchen. It was like a little bit smoky. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it wasn't even on there that long. Worse though, John tried had a sandwich from a, a leftover sandwich from Firehouse. And he was like, I'm going to broil it for a minute. And put, he put it on, in the broil, like broiler, you know, like in the oven. It. He sent me a picture. He said, don't broil your sandwiches. And it was black like it was ash like if you touched it it would crumble this sounds a lot like before i learned how to cook anything at all and i was just like what do you do you just throw it on a thing and heat it up pretty much it's like when i tried to first try and cook uh eggs i didn't use like oil or anything i was like you just Mm. throw them in there right i don't know or chicken even you just throw it in there and heat it up no it doesn't work that way no you need some oil and or butter and some flavor yeah. well i mean i had the flavor oh okay i had like <laughs> stuff on it was just like you know if you put just a piece of a chunk of meat into the skillet it yeah. maybe is not great no also what was i gonna say i don't know i'll real quick say the best story i ever heard of somebody trying to cook something was on another podcast where a person tried to cook egg whites they thought that meant the shells of the egg no <laughs> ew <laughs> so that's so gross <laughs> That's that's maybe my favorite cooking story anybody's ever told. That's gross. Yeah, no. Here's the good news. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. This is what I was gonna say. Worst the worst way to cook chicken. Unanimously, if you cook chicken this way, we cannot be friends. Do not boil chicken. That's nasty. Oh, do people do that? Yes. People like somebody was telling me recipe and they're like, So you boil the chicken? I said, No, stop right there. You did what to that chicken? Like you boil it to cook it. I was like there are so many better ways to cook chicken that will have the same outcome 
Like if you're using it in a recipe. Except like it'll it will be enha- better. It will enhance it. Yes. It will enhance it. The chicken is cooked and the flavors enhance. I feel very strongly about this. Do not boil chicken. That's a disgusting way to cook meat. That's so weird. I've never tried that. But like the way I cook chicken is usually I heat up a skillet. Yeah. I um, I sear the sides and stick it in the oven for a while. Oh, okay. And then I pull it out, put it under some foil for a little bit. Just let it finish like, cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, the best way I've found. I don't, I, I used to cook it in the skillet and I was like, no, there's a better way to do this. That like, it, it's healthy, you know, it's not as healthy to cook it in the skillet because it holds on to the, the, even if you cook it with olive oil. Oh, that's oil. why it's so good though. <laughs> I cook it with, I cook it with oil and butter because oh. I saw it done that way one time and I was like, Let's go. You're kicking it up to some Ina. Ina Garten would be very proud of you. I don't know what it is. Let's hang out. Okay. She's awesome. She, her husband, I think is a lawyer. She has a show on the cooking channel. She's, she's one cool lady. I wonder if I've seen her when my dad, probably when my dad, especially when he had cancer, he was all about the cooking channels. She's the one you've probably seen memes about her. It's like, it's like if you don't have fresh parsley picked underneath the full moon by virgins of blah, 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 store-bought's fine. <laughs> have you seen those? It's no, one, I don't guess so. It's one of those. But anyway, if you don't boil chicken, that is, that, that is a terrible, so bad. that is Same a disgusting thing, way. Even when I hear people talk about like boiling hot dogs. It's gross. Like I can un- Hot dog is one thing. Chicken is another. Yeah. But I'm still not on board with the hot dog no, thing. No. There's so many better it. ways to yes. do it. Yes. Okay. All in agreed. The only thing that's good if you boil it. Well, there's a couple things. But eggs. eggs. Oh, my gosh. Twinsies. Yeah. Uh, yes. Eggs. Boiled eggs. And then you devil them and make them superior. Oh, I love deviled eggs. I do, too. I want to learn how to make good ramen with an egg. A I, boiled you egg. You sent me the snap. And yeah, it looks it's not, really good. It wasn't particularly great it looks it was just like your presentation was exceptional basically i made like regular store-bought dry <laughs> ramen with like the soup base yeah. and i like cooked a little bit of chicken and mm-hmm. boiled a couple of eggs and like threw that in there with it it looked t- pretty it, it was looked, okay it, it looked pretty i just i could do better probably i just need yeah. to learn how uh, you know what pinterest you gotta pinterest it that's how that's how i think i have really Maybe. That, that seems like something I would have. That's like, I'm making some sweet potato fries tonight for dinner, and I was like, I don't know how to make it. Pinterest. Just just search it. Somebody on Pinterest, if you want to make something, somebody on Pinterest has made it and left a review, if it's good or not, which is always a positive. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. But anyway. All right. You want to get into it? You better believe it. All right. Well, good, because I am going to get into it. And today, Andrew, I have two stories two cases to talk about it's a double feature it is a double header um back to back action right here and i guess they are you said these are shorter yes they're a bit shorter because i did the first one i was like this isn't enough for episode and so somebody else had told me about another one and i was like i really want to talk about it but there wasn't enough for episode so i was like perfect i'll just do both of these yeah so that the good thing about that is it can i can compare it to baseball because of the weird season they're doing, okay. When they do double headers, uh-huh. how do you, how long do you know that a baseball game is normally? H- how you know? long? Like how many hours? Like innings. Nine. Nine innings normally. Yeah. They're doing a thing where double headers this year. Uh-huh. Seven. So this is like a a double header for twenty twenty. Okay. Sure, I trust you. Yeah. I know nothing of sports, so whatever you say, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to. Okay. All right. So Andrew. I'm just going to go one at a time, and we're going to focus on each case and give it the time it deserves, okay? So, our first case that we're going to talk about has been in the news pretty recently. 
This week's episode, it's going to take place, actually both of these for the majority of them take place outside of Arkansas. Um, and it's kind of, we talked when Jen, we did Jennifer Shewitt, the case kind of took place outside of Arkansas, but it definitely has Arkansas connections. So um, today for the first case, we are going to be talking about Jessica Baggin. So Jessica Baggin grew up in Sitka, Alaska. Um, at the time of her disappearance, she had just turned 17 that day. Like, that's really crummy. That's really awful. So the that's, day... Yeah, that's a, that's a bad birthday. That's awful. I was watching a video of wrestlers today, yeah. and one of them was complaining about his birthday, and it was like, they missed their flight or something, you know? And it would Ooh-hoo. be a, it would be an annoying day, especially because I think they were going to arrive late to whatever they're doing. Yeah. But it's just like... There are, this, this is one of those things where you see, and you're like, Ugh, this puts all my complaints into for, perspective. First world problems. Like, kind of. Big yeah. time. You know? what, whatever your biggest problem is, is your biggest problem. Yeah. You want to try and maintain some perspective. Yeah. But, you know, just. Know that somebody celebrated their 17th birthday and then went missing. Yeah. And that's not a good, what, that's not a good day any day. But a birthday, it just is that much more sad. So she had just turned 17. Uh, Jessica, so that day she began her day excitedly because it was her 17th birthday. And that evening she went and she celebrated with her sister at her sister's home. And there was a friend there and her sister lived about a mile from her parents' house. So after that celebration, Jessica decided to walk home by herself at night. This was the very early morning hours of May 4th, 1996. So unfortunately, um, Jessica never made it home that night. The next morning, her parents realized she was missing and they quickly filed a missing persons report with the Sitka Police Department. Um, and on May 6th, the search for Jessica began in earnest. So that it's like the night, the next night they did. So it all happened pretty quickly. Uh, Police began their search around Sheldon Jackson College, which is a college in Sitka, Alaska, and they soon discovered uh, her shirt, which her family said that was the shirt she was wearing the night she went missing. Um, And less than two hours later, after her shirt was found, Jessica's body was found about 70 feet off of a bike path underneath a hollowed out area of a fallen tree. Somebody had just like scraped it out a little bit and like threw some brush on her like she was nothing. Which, anyway, Jessica was found, she was just a few short blocks from her home. She was on a bike path. It was well used, uh, quite visible. It was in the heart of Sitka, right by that college campus. And it was right across from the Alaska Department of Public Safety Training Academy. And so sweet 17-year-old Jessica, uh, with her life just beginning, she had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Um, So nine days after Jessica's murder a man confessed to the crime. He just came to police and confessed to it. So despite literally zero evidence to corroborate his story, the man was charged with a crime and arrested. So I, I guess... Well, just, wow, you were right. This is a short story. Why? <laughs> and we're done. Uh, right. No, no. So yeah. he was charged with a crime and arrested, which it's like, I get it. You have somebody just like fall into your lap saying, I did it. You know, it's it's hard for you to to be motivated to want to look into it more it's like well he said he did it so let's just get him and i wonder how i assume it's generally pretty rare i know there have been false confessions yes for stuff like this like uh, not to even get into it but like john benet ramsey i remember there was like yes some random guy was like i did it and they're like 
you were in some other place entirely yeah. or something crazy. Like, yeah. it was like obviously not true. Clearly, yes. I don't know if it's for, I know a lot of people that do that. I think there's some level of mental health issues, mental instability. I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say definitively as somebody <laughs> who is licensed in nothing. <laughs> Yes. I, I believe so. One billion percent. And maybe it's for the notoriety or maybe it's just, maybe they truly believe that they did it. Uh, I don't know. You know, some there's some level of unwellness, I think. Oh, definitely. And I'd be curious to know statistics why yeah i guess but i don't know because again i'm licensed in nothing andrew i would like for you to write me a a evidence-based research uh, article a researched uh uh essay on on that please um i would just like you to know that the best evidence-based research paper i've ever written was about um how weed should be less illegal that's That's, actually a good one that's all that's the best one i ever did so i don't know if i'm qualified well you can read that one to us that will suffice i got an a but also it was community college oh well so who knows who cares who cares you still got an a take it so that was nine days after jessica's murder that man confessed and he was arrested and charged the following year the man went to trial and was found not guilty (laughs) Uh, kind of go figure but after this event seemingly to end the case it instead went cold for more than 20 years for about 24 years actually so in 2007 and then again in 2019 the alaska state troopers cold um cold case division looked into jessica's case again and jessica's killer had left dna at the crime scene and investigators were hopeful that this would lead them to the killer so, so I I assume they looked at this and they were like, it's definitely not weirdy guy who you know, confessed or did they even bother looking at that. Was it so obvious? I don't know. Um, they, I mean, he went to trial, I mean, yeah. and everything. So they must have had some kind of circumstantial case that they thought would hold up. I mean, probably, probably hanging on his confession, but with a jury, you know, reasonable doubt, probably, you know, that, well, there's nothing to say that he for sure did this. Uh, because in 94 or 96, you know, DNA still kind of in its infancy, then it's just kind of getting kicked up. Uh, so I don't know if they compare the DNA from him and, and then surely and, they at least looked at it after the fact, if that maybe, guy's still around, but maybe it wasn't, Oh, what do you mean? After the case? Yeah. Was, maybe, maybe I'm not sure though. It didn't say, uh, or maybe again, maybe it was like, it was so flimsy that they're yeah, like, it's very obviously clearly not him. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Uh, so, but they looked into her case again. So Jessica's killer, he had left DNA at the crime scene and investigators were hopeful that this would lead them to the killer. So they submitted the killer's DNA to a public genealogy database, Parabon, which is how the Golden State Killer was caught. Uh, Parabon is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And their effort their efforts were rewarded a potential suspect was found through familial dna and that was stephen branch a little bit about stephen branch just a little bit stephen branch was a former sitka resident who moved to arkansas in 2010 old steve had been arrested and charged in 1996 for the sexual assault of a teenage girl so mind you this is the same year that Jessica was assaulted and murdered. And he, that, that he was is, charged for sexual assault against a teenage girl. It, it is something that I feel like, I, again, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. It does seem like 
when somebody commits a crime like that, repeat if offenders. they do not get caught, they will do it more. Um, Jennifer Schuitz, yeah, attempted murderer. Yeah, he did like the same thing in Hot Springs. I remember. Yep, yep. So it was like with, it wasn't with a child, but it was with a, yeah. a woman. Which but it was it's like, just as bad. It's an innocent person. It was like the exact same thing. He yes. raped her and slit her throat. It's like, <laughs> have you ever seen Miss Congeniality? Yes. Do you know when they ask her, you know, like what would you, how would, what would you, how would you change the world or something like that? I don't remember what, I can't remember her exact answer, but it was something, something, something in harsher parole for, or harsher punishment for parole violators or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah. She had like a crazy answer. And she was like, oh, in world peace. <laughs> the only thing I remember really from that movie is when they're like, what's the perfect date? And the one girl gives like. April 25th. Cause it's not <laughs> too hot. It's not too cold. And all you need is a light sweater. You, the fact that you remember the date is amazing. I, I, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I've seen it maybe once. I remember thinking it was good it's a good movie yeah but anyway so i kind of am on board with uh what was her name gracie hart that was the character's name in the movie uh what's her what's her real sandra name bullock. sandra bullock yeah um i'm kind of on board with her i don't remember what it was but like harsher punishment for parole violators like kind of the same thing like like violent offenders it's i feel like it's a lot more likely that violent offenders will offend again you know like it's something just encoded in them again not a scientist not a doctor cannot cannot say this is true 100 percent. but yeah this is just imo i think i think the u.s has like a really high recidivism rate compared to a lot of other countries which fine uh they go back to jail after getting out of jail yeah um and that maybe speaks to maybe the way our system is set up and maybe we Mm -hmm. need some reforms Mm -hmm. who's to say who's to who is to say I'm going to go ahead and say it probably needs some work. Uh, yeah. I, I think it, without getting too deep into this. There's always room for improvement. That's right. That's right. Don't don't rest on your laurels. Okay. All right. So Steve, old Steve, he went to trial for the rape of that teenage girl. But however, he was acquitted of that crime the following year. So great. So, Alaska authorities enlisted the help of the Arkansas State Police Department to surreptitiously obtain a DNA sample from Stephen Branch, but they were unfortunately unsuccessful. He probably was like, oh, you guys, I'm I'm on to you guys. You guys are like watching me. I'm going to throw away my trash or burn it in secret and you can't get it. Would be my guess. Uh, That's, this is such a weird, this feels like this needs another, I don't know. This needs like almost another entry. Like what, what did they do? Usually they um, will look for trash to be thrown out from a criminal. And if it's trash, then it's, it's, it's property that you did not want that you discarded. And so it can be collected. Is that legal? Yes. 100%. What? It is 100% legal, but it has Hmm. to be discarded and thrown away or like at a restaurant, it has to be left there and clearly discarded and not wanted. And, and it has to be trash. Now I'm trying to think of what what my trash could have of my DNA. <laughs> let's let's not get into that. Uh, Does earwax have DNA? It, I mean, it has skin cells. So now they can do skin. They can do touch DNA now. Where if you touch something, they can get your DNA. You don't even need blood and hair and stuff. Skin cells. So you, interesting. Ever you leave DNA everywhere you go now? There's the real conspiracy. That's why they don't want you touching stuff. Why? Because they want to teach you to stop leaving your DNA everywhere. Or fingerprints. Also that. <laughs> it's all a criminal thing. It, the criminal, I don't know. 
Okay. The criminals are doing a conspiracy where they're trying to find out who's not going to touch stuff the most, and then they're going to get those people to be the criminals of, as part of their gang, right? Um, no, no, probably it's not. Terrible. That's that's that, bad. That conspiracy makes no sense. That's, like a lot of conspiracies. That's true, but you know what does make sense? Picking up people's trash for DNA, which is awesome. I, I guess. You can do that. They do it a Apparently. lot. Apparently, but he must have been onto them. I don't really know, but they could. They were not successful in collecting a well, a sample. Well, I mean, I guess like again, how many things would modern day? I know you said like touch DNA, but I feel mm-hmm. like most stuff, especially it, if it's in trash, maybe it's hard to get stuff off of it. But you touched it to throw it away. Maybe did he live with somebody else? When it's like, but they can. Tell? They knew if if they even if he did live with somebody else, if they could collect. If they could get, let's say there's two DNA samples on something he threw away, a piece of trash, piece of paper, okay? They can collect the DNA samples from both of those. Even if there's just touch DNA, they collect the DNA samples from Stephen Branch and roommate or whatever. They can still, they have the DNA sample from the family member from the Parabon, from Parabon. So they can compare still the DNA from the family member to Stephen Branches and then compare it just to rule them out from the family member to roommate just to rule them out and say, okay, there's no way they're not related, but Stephen Branches who we're looking for. So you can still rule them out through DNA. Okay. So anyway, interesting. There you go. I'm a scientist, but however, same, but we're not, I'm a junior scientist working (laughs) on it. Oh, that's right. However, Sitka police were able to obtain a discarded DNA sample from one of Stephen's relatives. So they have this this DNA sample at Parabon saying and saying this is one of Stephen's family members, but you have to like prove it still. You have to say, I watched his sister, I watched his father, I watched his first cousin throw away this piece of trash and then we collected it and then we compared it to Stephen or the, whatever. I mean... Like he he bled on this tissue. And he did not even bled. We saw it or it, something. I don't know. Yes. Just come up with an example. Well, just yeah. I mean, just they can collectively, definitively. So, anyways, with the familial, familial DNA analysis complete, results said that Stephen was the person who contributed the DNA found on Jessica's clothes and body. So, with this information in hand, on August third, twenty twenty, this was about a month ago. On August third, twenty twenty. Investigators from the Alaska Bureau of Investigation flew to Arkansas to interview Stephen at his home in Austin, Arkansas, which is just outside of Little Rock. Yeah, I would, if you're within the Little Rock area and you don't know where Austin is, I would compare it closer to BB. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. For those of us in the area. Yes. So investigators confront Stephen in his home about his involvement with a crime and they asked for a voluntary sample for his DNA. Branch denied, of course, any involvement, and he refused a DNA sample. And the they could, the police didn't have a warrant, so they couldn't say you, you must you must give us your DNA sample. So they probably want to try the voluntarily, and then they would probably come back with a warrant. But uh, after police left, and after you know, because he said you know I didn't do anything, you can't have my DNA. They had no choice but to leave the property and hopefully get that warrant. But about 30 minutes after investigators left, Stephen Branch, 66 years old, took the coward's way out. Branch killed himself instead of facing justice for what he had done. He shot himself. Uh, and later that day, the Lone Oak County uh, 
PD or investigators or sheriffs or whatever department, they were did the investigation into Stephen's death and did confirm that he had shot himself. So after Stephen committed suicide, investigators collected a sample of his DNA and sent it for analysis in comparison with the DNA sample they had on hand from Jessica's crime scene. Um, and I guess you can probably guess it, but on August 10th, 2020, which again, just about a month ago, Stephen Branch was positively linked to Jessica's murder through DNA, 100% match. Uh, so although Stephen will never face a jury, Jessica's case is solved and her killer can no longer hurt anyone else. Because if there was two victims, who knows how many more there were. You know, he's a violent and offender. could have been later, yeah. even, even yeah. though he was old. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I hate to keep comparing it to the Golden State Killer, uh, but, I mean... He he committed crimes for years and years and years and years and years. I mean, so it, age doesn't necessarily matter. And also, how how long did it used to do? Uh, how long did it used to take to do DNA? Because he killed himself, and seven days later they had the DNA. It seems like it used to take a long time. It probably depends on the. Um, I hate to say this because, but uh, the importance, the priority. Yes, yes. I know at least some it was like. Some of it was like the priority yeah, was not there because right. I guess there if might a, be a backlog even. If it's a cold case, I think that kind of gets low priority because it's already cold, you know. Right. But this was like, you know, they needed to solve it right then. So, um, so probably, yeah. Yeah, importance isn't a good word. You, you know what I mean, though. Right. Yeah. So that is, I'm sure most people um, heard about that story. We actually mentioned it. I think briefly in one of our episodes. Maybe I I did when I was glancing at the yeah. page before we started. Mm-hmm. I remember I was like, I saw Alaska. And I was like, oh, it's that one. It's that one. That sorry, just took a drink. And I got my my information from uh, mostly from I'm I not I can't remember who wrote this, but AlaskaPublic.org. dot um, org. They're involved. You know, it's in Alaska and they're involved pretty directly with the case. Another article was from People, um, which is kind of funny, but it was pretty good. Uh, There wasn't just an extensive amount of information. So that's why, because it's still pretty fresh and new. There's no telling what they might uncover about Stephen Branch um, in his history to add to that. And if we hear anything else, we'll we'll be sure to add about Adam talk about it. All right, so the second part I'm going to talk to you about, the second case we're going to cover. Is oh, I know what this is. You do? I just saw the, the title. We talked about this off air once. We did? Okay. Yeah, I'm the, excited, actually. Are you? I'm always excited. Okay. But, you know. uh, this was actually uh, suggested to me by a friend of mine named Emily uh, Strode. So thank you for that, Emily. Um, okay, so the case we're going to cover is that of a Jane Doe who is known as Buckskin Girl. Okay? And okay, again, I'm and ag- in. Again, <laughs> again, Let's go. Again, just like our first story, most of this takes place outside of Arkansas, but we come back to Arkansas in a big way. So I'm going to tell the this, this story, tell the uh, Buckskin Girl's case the way it played out. Okay? So on April 24th, 1981, three boys found the body of a young white woman in a ditch on Greenlee Road in Newton Township, Troy, Ohio. Um, the boys initially, they did not initially realize that there was a body. Um, instead, noting the, the distinct coat she was wearing, which was like a, 
buckskin poncho, buckskin being like deerskin. So upon closer inspection, one of the boys exclaimed, oh my God, there's a woman in that coat. So the woman was lying in a fetal position on her right side with no shoes or socks on. Um, But the boys quickly notified police of their discovery. So the woman's body was sent for an autopsy the afternoon of her discovery. And the exam revealed that she had sustained extensive blunt force trauma to her head and neck before she had been strangled, which was approximately 48 hours before her discovery. Uh, Liver laceration was also noted. Uh, There were no signs of sexual assault. So the woman, uh, her description was between 5'4 and 5'6. She was around 125 pounds and somewhere between the ages of 18 to 26. She had reddish brown hair that was parted down the middle uh, and it was placed in, it was in like braided pigtails. She had light brown eyes and an abundance of freckles across her face. Um, They did note that she had a high level of hygiene, Uh, noting that she took care of herself her like it even said her eyebrows were plucked and maintained her dental her teeth were good uh she um she did have one porcelain crown on one of her teeth so it showed that she went to the dentist and had stuff taken care of so not like a transient that you would normally see. yeah so she was like she was decent enough off that she took care of herself and wasn't just like i don't know a hobo Unwashed. from the 1930s yes. movie yes. jumping on train cars. Yes. The, if she was very clean. It said her clothes were clean. She was clean. Um, she was just well-groomed. Um, and she, the only other thing they noted besides, you know, the obvious injuries, she had several small scars in multiple areas across her body, just probably just from normal everyday stuff. And that was about it. Um, she was dressed in bell-bottom Wrangler blue jeans a brown turtleneck sweater with an orange crisscross design on the front. She had on a bra, underwear, and a hoodless deerskin poncho with purple lining, which appeared to be homemade. Uh, there was no form of identification on or around her. Uh, fingerprints were obtained, as well as dental information, but neither yielded any results related to any filed missing persons cases. Uh, Her fingerprints were not related to any police records, so that indicated to them that she did not have any kind of criminal past. Um, On April 28th, so just a few days later, a composite drawings were made and distributed to the local newspapers and news stations, and this generated about 200 leads. Uh, But unfortunately, none of the leads came back to anything. She was dubbed Buckskin Girl due to her poncho that she was wearing. Um, She effectively became a Jane Doe. Uh, but after a while and with a few leads, uh, there was a couple of theories put for put forth. So the theory, one theory was that perhaps there weren't many leads because she was murdered far from her hometown, which makes sense. Uh, it was also thought that she was murdered elsewhere and that place she was discovered was just simply where she was tossed, it said, which is an awful way to describe a person. But uh, this theory was supported by the fact that her body and feet were clean Meaning she had not been in the elements or walking around. Barefoot. And also, spoiler. What? Our show is about Arkansas stuff, and this is taking place in Ohio. So Shh, don't give it away. Um, it was also theorized that she might have been a teenage runaway, a foster child, or a transient wanderer. But this was unlikely, as her personal hygiene did not indicate a vagrant lifestyle. Um, her lack of shoes and socks made some believe that she might have been killed by an abusive partner, but it didn't elaborate as to why that was the thought that came to mind. I mean, I guess I could see that if it was, because um, if 
you would you were say with your partner yeah. in a house yeah you might not have shoes and socks oh, on i see i see and you ran and away. why would they put them back on you know oh, you I wouldn't see. think to anyway okay. if you were a murderer i, I assume i've never murdered anybody <laughs> i was say you want to talk you want to talk about something when i think about murdering no okay i, I have never just, thought that's just that. how i'm thinking about it okay like, that makes sense because like imagine yeah, yeah socks and shoes it's not something you would think about i would think that makes sense so it was also thought that she might possibly be one of the first victims of an unidentified serial serial killer known to be operating in the area who had been killing sex workers between 1985 and 2004. But I thought maybe they thought maybe she was one of the first victims. Uh, all of the victims had been bludgeoned and or strangled and had articles of clothing and or jewelry missing. So the MO is very very similar there but again with uh buckskin girl there was no sign of sexual assault or sexual interactions period uh prior to her murder and she was very well groomed which was contrary to some of the other victims of that particular killer interesting yeah because that that, that's uh it's such a weird coincidence coincidences are weird yeah they I know they say there are no such thing as coincidences, but that's not true. Sometimes there, there are, are a lot. Yeah. The Dennis the Menace example I gave on an episode, for oh, instance. Oh yeah. The Dennis the Menace was released on the same day, two different one in the UK, two, one two in the US. Completely totally unrelated comics yeah. in two different countries across the ocean. That's had crazy. nothing to do with each other. That is wild. There's there's a lot of coincidences in the world, as it turns out. Believe it or not. Yeah. It it I guess it's difficult to tell sometimes if you're trying to like because we want to put a story, we want, we want oh, yeah. there to be a narrative. Yeah. It makes it easier to process. And sometimes there isn't really one other than that's weird yeah. that those things happened. Yeah. But that is, you know, it, it is coincidental. But again, it could just be a coincidence. We'll talk about it. All right. Um. Okay. So a potential connection between Buckskin Girl and a 27-year-old 20, murdered Hold on. That means, okay. Potential connection between Buckskin Girl and a 27-year-old woman murdered two months prior was made, but nothing concrete was ever said or proven. And in 1985, she was tentatively linked to a series of murders of uh, erotic... I put erotic. I think I meant exotic dancers. And you meant erotic. S- oh, did I? Probably. Okay. I mean, well, I don't know. Either what do way, they call themselves, I exotic guess? Dance. I'm not sure. I would... Somebody who's an erotic or exotic dancer, let us know. They seem interchangeable, honestly. Who knows? Now that I think about it. Who knows? Um. Anyways, murders of erotic dancers and sex workers, and these were known as the redhead murders, which makes sense because she had reddish hair, but this theory was depro- disproven. So evidence from the scene of her discovery, it was well kept and maintained. They collected a vial of her blood and some other tissue samples, um, and they made sure to keep up with them. Uh, because unfortunately the investigation continued, but it did turn cold. So there were some developments in her case though, uh, throughout the years, uh, some working done. So in 1991, a task force was established in London, Ohio to investigate the murders of Buckskin Girl and the other women thought to be potential victims of the unidentified serial killer. Um, and as DNA technology advanced, a sample of her DNA was able to be obtained from that blood sample that they saved and all the way back from 1981, which is crazy that they could, you know, that's a pretty old blood sample. So the fact that they could get DNA from it, that's awesome. Yeah. I want, is there a, like 
a point where you can't get DNA off a blood sample anymore? Like it fits it stuck in a vial it, it or can, something? Mm, I assume. I don't know. I it would be it would be hard for me to imagine twenty years after that blood that vial of blood was taken that it's still in a in a non congealed or something form. You know, like where would they keep that specimen where it wouldn't go bad? You know, it's it's tissue. It's going to degrade. I mean, it's, I guess it would be in like a vial, right? Or something. But it would still, well, I guess, degrade. Well, would it? Yeah. I'd, but either way, even if it's just a blood smear that they saved, that's still going to, it will degrade over time. Yes. So I just Googled real quick. Yep. I tried to Google how long is DNA good for? Yeah. It says a 50 year old DNA sample provided a break in a case. Wow. So. I haven't read this whole article, so maybe everything went bad. I don't know. Okay. But that's just a quick Google. I don't a know. preliminary Google search suggests. <laughs> yeah. And again, <laughs> we are not scientists. So. Or experts of anything. Somebody else read up on it. Let us know. Somebody else be the scientist. Okay. So, so that's awesome, though, that they got a sample for DNA. Um, and in 2008, Buckskin Girls DNA was entered into the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, NamUs is what it's called, that database, as were her fingerprints and dental records. And that's to um, help uh, identify unidentified people, NamUs is. And yeah, I was going to say, oh, I thought you were going to say dental records. And I was like, it seems like dental records do a lot of work somehow, they which did, is crazy to me. They did. They they submitted her dental records and her fingerprints into that as well, as well as her yeah. DNA. So if somebody comes looking, they got everything they need right there. Like there's a, there's a movie where the whole premise is like, I forget what it's called. I haven't seen it in a billion years, but the whole premise is they fake the dental records of somebody because in burn a fake body or something oh yeah because that's, that's a legit thing because like dental records are like really specific which i get which is kind of crazy to me here's the thing though i have i have heard recently and read recently that a lot of things that we kept kept store by and um really based a lot of forensic stuff off us forensic stuff off of like hair samples um hair um composite the compo- composition of hair the composition of like uh, fiber carpet fibers um it's all kind of not as as awesome as we thought it was and could be uh, a lot more error in it than we thought and i think it, dental records was in there as well really but which is kind I'd of be curious crazy to think about because like so many cases is like there was an orange carpet fiber here and there was an orange carpet fiber there a trilobal something or another that they say on forensic files, but I guess at some point it is one of those things where it's like, if you have this, 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 and this all match up, maybe you're just like, that's called a circumstantial case. It's maybe too much to fight against unless you have something else. But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who it, knows? Like as always, we are not experts. Circumstantial evidence right of there. anything. Nope. Okay. So DNA, fingerprints, dental records were entered into NamUs, which is awesome. And in 2009, a mitochondrial DNA sample was submitted to the FBI to add to their CODIS database. Don't get me started and talking about mitochondrial DNA. It has something to do with the mother, but I don't know what all that means. Maybe they can use it for familial stuff on the mother's side. If it, it feels like one of those things where I could read. Yes. And I'd be like, interesting. Oh, yeah. And then uh, two minutes later, I go, I don't know. What? What? I don't know what that's about. What are you talking about? So... In 2010, NamUs assigned Dr. Elizabeth Murray to Buckskin Girl's case 
and she actively and fervently put effort into identifying uh, Buckskin Girl. She was an advocate for her through and through. So we skip a couple years down the road. In April 2016, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children made an updated composite sketch of, of Buckskin Girl with and without her braids. And it also had, I looked at her actual page uh, from that, that website, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and they did like different angles as well, like from the side, front, and from the other side. That's very smart. I, I yes, wouldn't have is. thought of that off the top of my head, but because, I mean... You especially see from you, all sorts of angles. Yeah. It, well, not just the angles, but even hairstyles. Yes. It, like when I've thought about like if I were going to do a crime or try and like blend in, if I were a spy, Put hair if I had hair, yeah. I would do whatever spy crime thing I was doing, shave my head. I look like a different person instantly. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, do it, different hairstyles. It, it really, it really makes a difference. Agreed. So, uh, anyway, that sketch, they updated the sketches, the composite sketches, and the images were widely distributed across different medias, uh, but unfortunately, no new leads came of this. So, also in 2016, an isotope analysis of Buckskin Girl's fingernails and hair revealed that she had spent the four months leading up to her murder in the southwestern or southeastern area of the U.S. as opposed to Ohio. So we'll get back to that. I see the confusion on your face. I'm confused as to how you could tell that from I, anything. It's amazing, isn't it? It's an isotope analysis. It's incredible. I love forensics. Oh, I don't even know what that means. Well, yeah, I'm really going to blow your mind with oh, the next gosh. one. Forensic paleontology tests revealed, however, that she was likely from the northeastern U.S. or Canada or had spent a significant amount of time in those areas in the years leading up to her death mind blown how does that even work you're i don't know i'm not a scientist i keep telling you andrew it's not it's like you're not listening we just to me. need to rename this podcast so we are not scientists <laughs> but we think it's cool but we think science is cool uh yes it's very interesting i'm just too dumb agreed me too okay so now some real stuff's about to happen in 2017 dr murray who we talked about was assigned her case from namus Dr. Murray, in correlation with the Miami Valley Regional Crime Lab, which is the county uh, where she was found in Miami Valley, um, they contact the DNA Doe Project. They submitted a sample of Buckskin Girls DNA in hopes of a familial match for identification. And it turns out there was a match to a first cousin, which is a close relation. Uh, there's some things that are called like a second cousin, third cousin and on, I think is like distant relation. But first, mother, brother, aunt, uncle, father, those are all close relations, grandparents. So that's that's a good that's good good odds there. And on April 9th, 2018, this was two years ago, Miami Valley Crime Lab announced they had finally identified Buckskin Girl. She was, in fact, 21 year old Marsha Lenore King of Little Rock. And I've also seen her name as Marsha Lenore Sossaman. Uh, and I think I figured out that her father is Sossaman, last name is Sossaman, and her mother, last name King. So I, I'm, I'm not really sure which one she went by when she disappeared. So I've seen it as Marsha Lenore King, Marsha Lenore Sossaman, and Marsha Lenore Sossaman King. So it's all the same person i just i'm not sure which which she preferred so marcia had last been seen by her family 
1980. She had never been officially reported as missing, as contact with her family was a little bit sporadic due to her hitchhiking tendencies. Even though she was not reported missing, though, her family still searched long and hard for her. Uh, Marsha was also known to have ties to the Pittsburgh and Louisville, Kentucky areas. And all of this information, where she was, her family, where she lived, where she went, this was all information that was corroborated by the forensics. The, the, the paleontology and the, the, the isotope analysis, all of that was corroborated. Which That's is crazy. is so crazy. And I'll just say real quick, because yes. I looked it up, mm-hmm. the, the town she was found in is roughly halfway between pittsburgh and cleveland cool if that means anything for other people who know a little bit of geography it means absolutely nothing to me it's up north somewhere because ohio is north yes okay after marsh's identification further information came forth on her whereabouts around the time of her murder eyewitnesses placed marcia in louisville around 14 days prior to her death and six eyewitnesses corroborated that Marsha was in Arkansas shortly before her murder. And she didn't visit family at that point, um, but she must have been visiting friends. It is believed that her travel to Ohio might have been due to her suspected involvement with The Way, which is a cult that we talked about on the Tony Alamo episode. And I know Andrew's eyes are big. Anyway, which is, that's why I was like, The Way International? Yes. That the way. Yes. Okay. In February 2020, that's this year, hairs that were found at Marsha's scene of discovery were sent for analysis to a special lab in California who can extract nuclear DNA from hairs that are missing their root, that are missing their follicle. So hopefully there will soon be a DNA profile of Marsha's killer or someone who was around her at the time of her murder. Is your mind blown? I this don't is even a foren- know what that means. This is a forensics heavy case and I am here for it. I thought I was like, you know, I, I was looking at all kinds, I don't know, kinds of science stuff and it's like. There's more. What? But wait, there's more. Oh, no. C- keep going. No, no. I just meant like that was, oh. it's just so forensics heavy. But, it's well, amazing. It's not, even, it's not even just there's more. It's like. Who knew this, this science very existed? very complicated or very crazy thing that we we're figuring out and it's. Like, how can you do that? Yeah. I can, sometimes I, I can't do anything. What are you talking about? If I'm lucky, I can figure out what's wrong with my computer. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, it's incredible. I can turn it off and on again. And that usually works. It usually helps. So, okay. So Marsha's family made the decision to leave her remains where they were in Ohio. Um, as they said the community around her had rallied and supported and loved her when her family wasn't able to, which I was like, that's so sweet. When she was buried in many, you know, in the early 1980s, 1981, when she was buried, several of the officers involved with the investigation acted as pallbearers and there were multiple people in attendance. Her father passed away before her new gravestone and memorial ceremony were implemented and took place. I, I think, I think he may have passed away before she was identified, but I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but her brother, she had a brother and a half brother that passed before she could be identified. Marcia's stepmother, um, said of the Ohio community, quote, words don't describe the feelings we have for all of you, how you have loved her and taken her into your arms, which is for a community to rally around just some girl that 
they did not know that nobody knew and to respect her and care for her in a time when nobody else could that's really that's really awesome so the investigation into her murder is still ongoing they don't have any suspects or culprits the last contact information i can find is for the miami county sheriff's office Um, That phone number, if you have any tips, if you have any information, please call 937-440-3965. Again, that's 937-440-3965. And Andrew will put that number in the show notes as well. Again, if you have any information regarding Marsha's case, please contact them. Um, If you know somebody that has information, please put them in contact with the Miami County Sheriff's Office. And that is the case of Buckskin Girl, Marsha Lenore Sossman. For now. For now. I hope we find more. I'm really intrigued to see if there's anything comes of the nuclear DNA from the Whatever hair. Whatever that even means. I don't know, but it's incredible, isn't it? Can they it? make bombs out of that? Surely not. That would be a weird bomb. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, a DNA it, bomb. <laughs> wow. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, nu- nuclear DNA. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. That's, that sounds crazy. Okay. So I hope that those were two cases that weren't directly, you know, they're not related to each other, but they both took place out of Arkansas. And I thought they were both had a lot of really interesting points to them. So anyway, what's been going on with you? Uh, n- you know, school stuff mostly. Yep, me too. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was I went to an old Skyrim save. Tell me. Because I had, I keep trying to like do Skyrim and play it in different ways. And now I'm like, I don't care for this. Yeah. So I just went, I found one of the older saves and I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Stealth, archery. That's me all the way. And, <laughs> and uh, pickpocketing. Yes. That's it. I know for my character I have right now, I'm trying so hard not to use bow and arrow. I'm, I am trying to use heavy armor. I am trying to use one-handed weapons, and I'm trying not to sneak and to just like go get it. I always go back to here's the thing, Archer. The most fun way to play is sneaking and pickpocket because pickpocket you just go up and if you're doing it well, you get people's keys yeah. and you just like go bust into their, into their stores and the houses and take it's all their like, stuff. See and, this stuff? It's mine now. And uh, and yeah, I've tried to play a little differently every once in a while. Like one, I was like, I'm gonna do heavy armor I did too. and destruction magic and just go wild is the destruction magic is that the one that's where like fireballs and lightning and frost? you went all the way and you like one-shotted something didn't you I like was, a dragon i was i couldn't one-shot a dragon but i could i could do um dual cast yeah and it would cause the dragon to stagger so the dragon couldn't like attack yeah yeah so it, that was very easy that's okay. um one thing I did when I was looking at this older save, I was trying to go sell some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to Whiterun, as you do. Yeah. Go to Bellator's. Of course. And every time I went there, it was locked. What? And I was like, that's weird that it's locked. Did that, you kill that's Bellator? Annoying. Here's the thing. So I, <laughs> I didn't remember what had happened until after I did another quest. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But it reminded me, oh, right. During my quest of pickpocketing, something had happened. So normally... You pickpocket. Yeah. And if you get caught, normally you can like pull your weapon out and then sheath it. And they'll be like, okay, don't do that again. Yeah. And they'll leave you alone. Yeah. One time I tried to pickpocket somebody in Whiterun. 
And I got caught. And I tried to do that. It didn't work. And Bellathor and some other guy, I forget who it was, but the other guy was the one I was trying to pickpocket. They decide they're going to fight me. Some other guy comes running out of nowhere who, I guess, whatever reason, the code had decided he was aligned with me and he didn't like those people being aggro towards me. So he murdered both of them. <laughs> I so don't mean Bellator's to not there anymore. What? He's not there. What do you there. do? How do you get in? Did you did you pick pick lock? I have the key. I, I had the key already, but because oh. I that's my thing is what I go about take Bell- keys. Bellator has a little little buddy in his shop. He doesn't take over or anything. Oh, the game's weird. not. The game can only do so much. <laughs> but it's okay because I built up my speech level to where I can sell anything to anybody. Cool. So like I can go to the potions person and be like, take this ebony sword away from me. Like, take it away. Buy it from me. Yeah. So I've done that. So that's uh that's a that's a weird thing that I remembered. Also I decided to do the Namira quest, which, which is the cannibalism. The, yeah, I was like, that's where you eat people. Yeah. Except I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna set it all up to where they have the feast ready. Yeah. Before he, they kill that guy. Them. I'm gonna kill them. They're cannibals. Get them out of here. Yeah. And I was reminded because one of the people there is named Lisbeth or Lisbeth, and she is the like regular merchant in Markarth. Oh yeah. And so now she's not there anymore, so I can't sell anything to her, but I was just like, Y'all gone. <laughs> y'all cannibals, y'all nasty. I forget who else is there. There's a guy who's like he works the stables at some place. But she does. I remember she's like, I saw you at the feast. Yeah and, yeah, and she's like, Let's not talk about that. Like, what are you doing? Yes, yeah. This yeah. is public. Yeah. Don't don't be weird, Lisbeth. But it does make me wonder, because she had a husband <gasps> Was who is dead. It? Did they eat him? I don't know. I don't know if there's evidence of that. I want to say that she maybe, uh, that he maybe was killed by the Forsworn, but I'm not sure. But like part of me, that was like where my brain went immediately. I was like, what if, what if she killed him and ate him? That'd be weird. Gross. Yeah. Skyrim's a weird game. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like, especially if you pickpocket, you can find notes from people that are like, Oh, that's what their relationship is. Like, there's a Battleborn and Greymane that are like... Lovers? Yeah. What? It's like a Romeo and Juliet thing. They'll say, which if if the Battleborns and the Greymanes live in Whiterun and they hate each other. Yeah, it's Olfina and I forget what the guy's name is. Mm. Olfina, Greymane, and something Battleborn. He's the guy who stands by Belthor. Can you marry them? Can you get them married? That would be great. Like, together? Yeah. That would be neat. Or if you could be like... You're married, and now you've run away. I'm going to help you find a place to run away to and be safe. This is this part. Listen, Skyrim people, Bethesda, make this happen. Make it so. <laughs> it's. I think they're working on other stuff right now. They're probably, a little busy. Probably the next Skyrim. And current no, Elder Scrolls no, would, online, say, probably, it would, it would or Fallout, Skyrim. or yeah. whatever, or even Starfield, which is whatever that is. What is that? I don't even, they don't even know. They, okay. Who knows? Who knows? It's a logo at this point. Cool. That's all it is. Um, okay, what else has been going on? Um, I watched football. Wow. I don't like it. Was it UCA? I did watch UCA. They got... They won. Dis- they won last week. They got destroyed this week. Who'd they play? Um, UAB. What's that? Alabama-Birmingham. Oh, okay. They should have lost to them. They're, they're in a classification above them. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And then our old school, Arkansas State, got beat by Memphis. So Go figure. That was fun. Mm, that's sad. It was all the same stuff. Bad turnovers, bad coaching decisions that make no sense. Don't you typical, hate it? Typical, typical Arkansas ASU. State. Come on. 
as far as you know arkansas state from 2014 on yeah if you know what i'm saying <laughs> Winners. somebody somebody knows what i'm saying so yeah i watched football it's fine i guess good I, except i hate it oh okay <laughs> uh what else um you have a correction sort of to me, don't you yeah I, I tried to find some stuff about like the planets real quick because mm-hmm. i was like just talking i was like I, there had there has to be a lot of stuff i got wrong there yep. um so one thing is i said that mercury is tidally locked uh-huh um and that meant it always faced the sun the whole time yeah apparently that's not entirely true okay it is technically tidally locked whatever that means okay um but what i was thinking of is that it had a synchronous orbit, which would be the thing where it always faces the exact same way. Okay. So there's um, like a hot side and a cold side. Right. And Mercury does not have a synchronous or- orbit. It okay. is called a, t- it is tidally locked. Are we tidally locked? I don't believe so. Okay. As I understand it, it is, that is not the case. Okay. The moon is tidally locked to us. Though, okay. If that, but anyway, um, it was once upon a time thought to be tidally locked in synchronous orbit wait what planet are you talking about mercury okay and this is because whenever mercury was best placed for observation mm-hmm. the same side was facing inward towards the sun that we could see okay we used radar observations in 1965 well before i was born <laughs> to figure out that that's not the case okay and in fact mercury has what is called a three two spin orbit resonance which that means sounds way cool. It's not that cool. Oh, okay. Well, it's interesting. Okay. Uh, which means that it rotates three times every two revolutions around the sun. Hmm. So for every two times it goes around the sun, it spins, it around spins twice. No, three times. Or three times, yeah. Um, and a Mercury revolution a year mm-hmm. is equal to 87.97 days on Earth. That's not very long. No, but it's still like a very slow revolution so we spin slow rotation okay we spin 365 times okay roughly with we have to adjust it because of whatever yeah yeah but roughly yeah and then we've got uh another one Uh just want to quickly say mars i said one of the moons was phobos that's correct the other one is deimos that's it okay for that one and then uh (laughs) And then the other one is that I said that I thought Mars was the closest planet to Earth. Yeah. Well, in one sense, it's actually Venus. Okay. If you base it on the average distance from the sun, okay. which is easier to like put in your brain, you know? Like, sure. But technically, uh-huh. Mercury is typically the actual closest to, the, to Earth. But it's definitely not habitable. No. I, I don't think nothing is habitable other than Earth that we know of. Which brings me to an interesting point. Okay. Are you finished? Yeah, this is all. That's all I had. Okay. So I want to talk about, I have a couple things for the what you're looking at and, and beyond. Okay. First off, you and I both set our Alexas to respond to computer. Yes. Which was, oh, she heard me. Never yeah, mind. Say don't. She, she, she heard me. Say don't, don't do that. Oops. So, which is pretty cool, pretty cool. And if you say set, set phasers to stun or something like that, she says something back and it's really awesome. That's fun. It, I tried it and she said something. It was cool. Anyway. Okay. Um, okay. 
Okay, so I finished that audiobook that I was listening to about the World War II and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I kind of predicted it, so I didn't cry, but it was really good. So I started it. <laughs> All in, right. So I started a new one, um, and it's called Circe, and it's about the Greek goddess sorceress Circe, C-I-R-C-E. Alyssa recommended this book to me. Um, so far, I am in love. I started it two days ago, and I'm almost finished. Um, so... Love it. Can't wait to get back on that. Um, okay. Couple other things. Uh, just randomly, John and I watched the best episode of The Office this past week. Dinner party? Dinner party. You know it. And it was equal parts horrible and amazing. It's very good. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. And then we watched the blooper reel from that, which is just the best. It's so funny. Okay. Also discovered something called Bardcore. Have you ever heard of Bardcore? No, but I'm guessing it's like somebody playing a lute with some heavy drums behind it or something <laughs> wacky. It is. Okay, so what it is, it's this one person who she plays the instruments and sings all operatic and stuff, all old timey. But she takes like, she did one for Jolene, you know, by Dolly Parton. I mean, she has like so many of them. I mean, but the ones I listened to today, Jolene, there was one for Creep by Radiohead. There was one for someone that I used to know by that one. I mean... And it's so funny because she changes the words to like thee and thou and it's so funny and it's got, it's bard like behind it. It sounds medieval behind it. It's the funniest thing. It's so funny. I did not know it existed. You have to listen to it. Okay. Second to last thing. I watched a documentary on HBO Max called Class Action Park. Have you seen the ads for that? I have not. I have no idea what this is. It it was a wild ride in many ways than one, but it's uh it's about this place in New Jersey that oh, was Oh, it's okay. What? Action Park? Action Park. Yeah. I've heard of it. Okay. I've heard of that, but not this documentary specifically. It was it was really good. It was kind of funny, kind of not funny. People died at this place and they remained open. It was like it like this guy was basically like Donald Trump having the wackiest theme park ever. And he was just like, this is a wacky idea. I have somebody who's not an engineer come build it for me. And it would happen. And people got injured and people got teeth knocked out and people died. And I mean, it was wild. Um, it's on HBO Max. You should watch it. It was great. Yeah, I, I actually am somewhat familiar because it became in a sort of an a weird internet sensation like a few years ago. Really? Where like people were like, have you heard about this thing? And they'd have like YouTube videos and all kinds of stuff about it. But yeah, so I'm a little familiar with it. It's pretty, it's pretty wacky. Um, okay. And this brings me to the point that I really want to talk about. All right. And it's an actual what you're looking at. Well, I guess so was Class Action Park, but this is an actual what you're looking at. Raised by Wolves. Have you seen the commercials? I have. Oh my gosh. Did Ridley Scott finally make something worthwhile that people care about again? I liked it a lot. The first two episodes, I'm, I watched the first two episodes without John. And so he's like, oh man, because I didn't know really I wanted to watch it. So we're going back and I haven't watched the third one. So we watched the first one together. We need to watch the second one and then we'll watch the third one. But oh yeah, I think he, I think Ridley Scott's involved with it. He's director. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he's. He made some of those bad alien sequel sequels recently, Prometheus and Alien Covenant. I it has nothing it has about. nothing to do with the alien. No, I know. I'm just saying it seems like he's made some stuff that nobody likes recently. I really like it a lot. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but so far it's pretty it's pretty amazing. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. So the premise is that 
these people uh so the earth is basically it's a kind of dystopian thing the earth is, earth is falling apart there's been war religious war um uh atheists are being basically killed uh outright so they kind of kind of have to go underground uh then they do something i don't want to ruin it but these these embryos and these androids make it to this planet and this is coming full circle kepler 22b have you heard of it it is a real place um the turn the name kepler is something i have heard Ke- but I, think I don't Ke- I don't hold me much. to it i think kepler's a scientist the last name of a scientist almost certainly um because when i was trying to find stuff mm-hmm. earlier uh one of the things that came up was like the kuiper belt and i was like i've heard that that's probably a scientist yes i think that um i think that uh kepler must have been some kind of space scientist also called a astronomist astronomer astronomer astrologist yes that is uh wacky nonsense yes agreed um so astronomer astronomer yes um or some kind of like crazy space guy i don't know anyways um so kepler 22b is the planet they go to these androids and these embryos and they raise these they grow and raise these embryos and some stuff happens i don't want to ruin it it's absolutely wild you kind of see it coming you kind of don't so i want to talk a little bit about kepler 22b because i was like is this a real place and john was like yes and i was like how do you know he's like how do you not know i was like am i stupid because i've never heard of this kepler 22b is a planet that is not in our solar system exoplanet is that a thing do we confirm Everything that's outside the solar system that's a planet, we call exoplanet. Okay. I'm sure if we ever learn how to do space travel for realsies, we'll probably start calling them that because it'd be weird. Introplanet and extraplanet? It'd be weird to call them that if we were like colonizing all of space and going to different systems. I cannot wait for science to catch up to that. Come on. Star Trek's been out forever, so get with it. Well, that takes place in like the 24th century, so. Well, we'll definitely be dead. Um, All right. So NASA uh, kind of went on investigating it is a planet that is in a habitable 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 zone um where liquid water could exist it's it's like basically the same distance from its sun as we are from our sun their sun is similar in size and age and it it could be it could be the next earth which is like is this for real but it i would very much like to know they don't know much about it yet, but it's just that it could be, it's in a habitable, hab- habitable zone. Um, but yeah, I want to know. There's a whole, there's a whole thing from NASA. I'm not going to read it because it's really long, but that's so exciting and cool, isn't it? There, Could, What if there is life on that planet? Maybe. Yeah. What if, but also what if life exists completely differently from the way our life exists and could exist in a way that is not needed to be in a planet that is of similar distance from its star right what do you mean like bacteria huh like a bacteria or something it could be but like what if the ingredients of life could exist differently from what they do on earth do you think that's possible sure okay we're still we don't know we are in our infancy of space knowledge kind of Uh, also maybe, maybe toddler yeah i mean the only thing with like kepler 
22b here is i see it is 587.1 light years away it's a little bit away it's a little it's a little so distance if we could go the speed of light which we cannot go and as far as we know nothing can other than light it would still take it would take seven years half a century to, over half a century to get there but if we found if we could do like wormhole if we could if we could figure out how to do that if we could haven't you seen Interstellar? We got to figure that out. I have not actually. You haven't? No. You should watch it. It's a really good movie. Um, another thing is, uh, even if we were like, okay, we'll send out colony ships. Yes. So one, one of the concepts I've found interesting in sci-fi is the idea of like, when is it the right time to send out colony ships? Because again, we probably can't go light speed. Right. But so what if you send out a colony ship that's self-sustaining, this big ship, and it's like, we can go you know, a quarter of the speed of light. And so they send it out and it's going to take hundreds of years to get to this planet to colonize Mm -hmm. it. But then what if in that time period we figured out how to go three quarters of the speed of light, we can send a colony ship out. That colony ship, the new one is there well before the other colony ship. So that colony ship gets there. It's already colonized. Well, you know, it's just an interesting idea. Like, yeah. when's the right time to do it? And uh, we'll probably, we'll never know. But no. it's, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting thought. It is. Uh, also, figured out who Kepler is. That would be Johannes Kepler. He was a German astronomer, mathematician, and astrologer. Uh, he was a key figure in 17th century scientific revolution. So, yeah, he did some science stuff for the planets. Yeah, if it, it seems like most stuff is, uh, at one time, we named all the planets after Roman gods. Yeah. And now it's like, hey, well, we just name it after, like, scientists Real who people. did things. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's about it. It's pretty interesting. And there's also, like, ideas of, like, what if we could, like, you know, there's terraforming Mars is an idea. Yeah, I've there's, heard of that. Um, I wonder if that's possible. Like, there's some of the moons of Jupiter yes. as ideas that you could colonize potentially yeah do something with but yeah it's ideas that would take potentially centuries to complete even if we started started yeah yeah so it's got but it's kind of fascinating science has come a long way it has further yet to go nuclear dna yeah what is that see this is this is a science heavy episode and we're here for it yeah i i i love trying to learn about it i'm not I, gonna say i learned anything no, i'm I, gonna I'm, say i tried though exactly and that's what matters we enhanced our brains just a little bit further made some more neural connections somewhere somehow in the deep recesses of our mind yeah i i got nothing else i got nothing else okay guys thank you so much for coming back to us this week we do hope that you will come back to us next week we drop episodes every tuesday so be on be be, bolo be on the lookout um you can reach us on facebook at paint the town dead you can reach us on instagram paint the town dead all one word you can reach us on twitter we're at pttd pod and you can reach us by email that's pttdpod at gmail.com please be sure to subscribe rate like share comment do all the things and everything you can any interaction you have with us uh, ratings subscriptions anything downloads it helps us immensely and we greatly appreciate it Uh, i think that's about it
Okay, guys, again, thank you so much for coming by, and we will see you next week, same place, same time. Goodbye. To the empowerage of words. <laughs>